welcome to The Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. We've been at it for a few days now, but we finally, in Isaiah chapter 6, hear the call of the prophet Isaiah. So God calling Isaiah into this ministry of being a prophet. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is Yahweh of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, Yahweh of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go, and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, and their ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and be healed. Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, Until cities lie waste without inhabitants, and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste, and Yahweh removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again, like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains when it is felt. The holy seed is its stump. This is the word of the Lord. The year of King Uzziah's death is 740 BC, so that's when Isaiah begins to be the prophet of the Lord, and he will continue to do so up into the time of exile, which begins in 722. So that time's coming up within the next 20 years. Now, he has a glimpse of God and his eternal glory. He sees him exalted, he sees him seated on his throne. He sees his robe filling the temple, which is not probably unlike uh, back in the book of Exodus, where we heard that the glory of God filled the temple. And God's presence is consuming. He's, he's omnipresent. He's, he's everywhere. Isaiah's response to this sight comes in verse 5. Well, let's not skip over the singing. Sorry about that. Verse Three, the angels call out to one another this holy, holy, holy phrase. They are singing praise to God. And at this, everything shakes at the angel's voice. The house is filled with smoke. Once again, God's presence, smoke represents God's presence a lot in the Old Testament. So Isaiah's response is, woe is me. Ask your children. See if they can tell you why Isaiah says, Woe is me upon seeing God in heaven. Isaiah gives you the reason. 
for I'm lost. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. So he acknowledges he's a sinner and that his eyes have seen the king, Yahweh of hosts. Sinners cannot come into the presence of a holy God, of the holy God, and live. This is a big part of Old Testament theology and really scriptural theology in general. This is related to the temple curtain or the tabernacle curtain. Um, as God was in the midst of his people, as he was present with them, he kept himself divided from them with a curtain that separated the, the room where the Ark of the Covenant was, which was his throne in the midst of his people. So he was present, but they were spared from, from being in directly in his presence and the death that that would bring. On the cross, in Matthew chapter 27, when Jesus dies, the temple curtain is torn in two from top to bottom. It's gone from God to man. The temple curtain, what separated us from God's presence, is removed. We sinners can now come into the presence of the holy God because we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Our sins have been forgiven. We can be in God's presence and live. That's the picture of the the curtain theology of scripture, if you want to call it that. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful picture for us and, and truly deep. So that's what's going on with Isaiah there and his call and why he is so scared um, when he sees the Lord. He knew that it meant he deserved death and he believed fully that he would drop dead right there. Now, verse six, um, the response of God is different. He sends an angel, one of the seraphim, with a burning coal, a holy thing, to take away Isaiah's unholiness. This actually has an interesting connection to later in the chapter, the verse 13, that the, the, the land would be burned again. The burning is going to cleanse the land, so the burning coal cleanses Isaiah's lips. He can now speak for the Lord. His sin has been atoned for. It's a gift. It's been his sin taken away. Now, another question for our children. Who does this for us? Who has taken away your sin? And how? And that gets you talking about Jesus, which is a good thing to do always. Verse 8, God asking who will go for him, who will do the work that needs to be done, and Isaiah volunteers. And really, he's a willing servant, and that's what we as Christians ought to be ourselves. God has work for us to do. And instead of grumbling and complaining and coming up with excuses about how we're too busy, uh, we should be willing servants and go and do the work that the Lord has set before us. Loving our neighbor, sharing the gospel. So God sends him to say to the people of Judah, essentially that they don't have faith. They'll hear the word, but they won't understand it. They'll see the, the prophet, but they won't be able to perceive. They won't get it. Um, this Jesus picks up on this idea in Matthew 13 when he talks about his, his first parables. He, he speaks this way quite a bit, and it points us to the idea of whether one has faith or not. Verse 11, Isaiah wants to know how long he needs to do the job. That's a fair question, right? And God's response is until judgment has come. 
keep on prophesying, keep on preaching until cities lie waste. Until Yahweh removes the people far away to Babylon. Verse 13, uh, further destruction will come. Even after the places are already wasted, um, it will be burned again. A tenth will remain. So Babylon, the Babylonian army left some of the people of Judah behind to care for the land. Basically, as slaves, they would produce some of the fruit of the land, and, and Babylon would just take it. Um, it will be burned again. It will continue to be destroyed in the years to come. But that burned again phrase actually then has a second meaning too. As we come to the, the last line of the ver- chapter, which is the holy seed is its stump. This is the second time we've seen this now. Back in chapter 4, verse 2, we saw the idea uh, for the first time, and that was the, the branch of Yahweh. Now here we see that the seed is the stump. So the stump is what remains, the remnant of God's people. And that is a seed. That is a promise of restoration. New life will come. And that's going to be elaborated on in chapter 7. But we don't need to wait for tomorrow. Why wait for tomorrow? What we can do today it's Jesus. The promised shoot from the stump of Jesse. Jesus will come and bring life to his people. And this gives the double meaning to verse 13, this burned again idea. That Jesus would be tortured and killed on our behalf. As he sought to give us life. So there's our text for the day. Tomorrow again, we go into chapter 7. And we elaborate on this holy seed, and it's probably one of the most well-known prophecies in all of Scripture. Uh, The behold, a virgin would be with child. See you tomorrow.